0: Welcome to the first episode of the Unnamed Sharks podcast. My name is Eric. I grew up in San Jose and I moved out to Arizona for college. And my other host is Matt, the San Jose native, not to be confused with Matt Nieto, the Long Beach native. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've both been Sharks fans for a long time. We've dealt with all the fun, all the torture, as we saw from last night's game, all uh, the
1: heartbreak.
0: And all the heartbreak uh, that comes with being a Sharks fan. We figured let's have some fun on a podcast. Why not?
1: Oh, man. We could talk about just about any experience from. Oh, man. Where do I even begin? Losing to Pittsburgh in 2016, losing to St. Louis in 2019. Come back in person. Oh, man.
0: See, my favorite game I went to was. Um... I think it was the 2017 playoffs. It was the year before a year after our cup uh, run. But we played against the Oilers. And we seven lost nothing series. Game. Yeah, that 7-1 game. I had six seven row one. tickets. You were row six? Row six. We were
1: in section 121 row, like 14. It was great.
0: It was great. <laughs> I loved it.
1: That was a very fun night.
0: Yeah, that was... I remember Drysaddle getting kicked out, too, um, because he speared Tyranny.
1: That's right. And now it
0: turns out Drysaddle's one of the best players in the league. Oh, that dude, he's a heart trophy. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have
1: that charismatic style of play like McDavid has, but you could certainly argue that his talent level, his ability to play the game, his vision, it's just as valuable to a team as McDavid is. Because, I mean, that engine in Edmonton runs because of Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, great. I mean, Crosby had Malkin. McDavid has Dreisaitl. That's the way that goes.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good comparison. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and he puts a, he can score. What was it, like two seasons ago? He had 50 goals? Yeah. No,
1: I mean, he plays a full season, he's going to put up insane numbers. I think he had 42 last year, and then you put up over 100 points in a season that's abbreviated by like 12 games. So, I mean, you're able to be effective, that effective, in a shortened season. Yeah, the Hart Trophy was kind of a no-brainer for him.
0: Yeah. Well, so the Sharks' first game of the season, after not playing for 10 months, was against the Arizona Coyotes, and they escaped with a 4-3 shootout win, which they almost gave up. Man.
1: It's the 3.2 seconds left in the game that kills me. Like, Jones was fantastic last night. And I, a lot great. of people are going to gonna jump on the whole Jones is overrated, put, put in Devin Dubnik train. And, look, I was there the last couple of seasons when he struggled, you know. So I, I get it. I understand. But at the same time, we watched him stand on his head last night. I mean, he stoned Oliver Ekman Larson from point-blank range to keep that oh, yeah. 3-2 game with like three minutes left in the third period. So yeah, I understand he gave up that the game-tying goal with three seconds left, but I mean, what he did to keep them in the game to get there, I would, I would argue that he was definitely one of the stars of the game
0: for the Sharks. And that was also on that last second goal. That was a great play by Kessel because he hit it out of midair. Yeah. You know, it's hard enough to snag it or, you know, just... When the puck's in mid air, that's really hard to play in hockey. And I mean, Kessel just made a good play.
1: Kessel just kills the Sharks. I, ever since, I mean, the Sharks didn't really get too many opportunities to play against them when he was in Toronto. Because that was the, you know, Kessel, Joffrey Lupul, Dion Phaneuf team. Yeah. But when he went to Pittsburgh, he killed the Sharks. That line he was on was a third line. It's the HBK line Hagelin, Benino, and Kessel. And they killed the Sharks. It's ridiculous. Well, that, you know what? Let me rephrase that. They killed Roman Pollock. That's what happened. Yeah. Roman Pollock. Gee whiz. Talk about lead foot on the ice. <laughs> but anyway, let me stay focused on 2021. It was fine.
0: Yeah. I, that's all in the past. All the, all the Sharks' pain is in the past, too. It's yeah, a new season. It nice. hey, hope springs
1: uh. eternal with every new season.
0: But it seems like every new season we get
1: more and more names that we don't recognize.
0: Yeah. I mean, we picked up a lot of – we were pretty quiet uh, this offseason, it felt, until the uh, two trades uh, with Minnesota. Um, Yeah. Dubnik, who we haven't seen play yet, just because it was in game one, uh, and Ryan Donato. And I felt he played uh, pretty well last night.
1: Yeah, Donato looked pretty solid in, in that third line. Looks like they're going to be able to create a lot of chances because they look to be the fastest line. I mean, them, the, the second line looks really fast as well. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who's faster between the, uh, the Leonard Hurdle Kane line or the Donato Gregor Nieto line, but they both lines look tremendous with the speed, and that's something the Sharks have lacked in the prior seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, the, for a while just keeping, you know, P- Felsky, uh, Thorne and Marlowe, you know, our speed was slowing down and down. But Yeah, absolutely. No, I think if we finally – I finally feel like we have a fast team, um, which is something that, you know, you haven't been able to save for the Sharks for a long time. Right. So
1: I want to see these fast dudes out in space. I think when you get them out in space where they can use their speed to create more space and then – Open up the ice, use their vision and make passes. You open, especially John Leonard being on a line with Hurdle and Kane, who can both snipe it. I mean, if he opens up shooting up, shooting lanes and shooting opportunities with his speed, he's going to be one of the team leaders and assists.
0: Oh yeah, and we saw he had two assists last night. You right. know, and granted, you know Kane and Hurdle are probably our best goal scorers. Um, getting two assists in your NHL debut is nothing to really. You know, shy away from. That's pretty impressive. And like you said, his speed was phenomenal. What for me, what really impressed him, it wasn't he wasn't only going fast. You know, skate in one direction. He had really smooth cuts. Yeah. Um, going around the net, going. Uh, I know. I remember I saw the one play. He was kind of at the corner boards. Um, and he was able to swivel out like it was nothing.
1: Yeah, and so having
0: that really, you know, elite skater, um. That's something the Sharks have lacked. And, you know, he's young. He's fresh out the NCAA, but I, I, I got a, a lot of hope for Leonard. Yeah.
1: I, I, you know, I was very skeptical because it's like, dude, who is this kid? You know, you think, when you think of top six wingers, you don't think of some kid fresh out of the NCAA to just come in and supplant someone like Ryan Donato, whose name you've heard before. Um, you've heard Matt Nieto, you've heard Patrick Marlowe, you've heard Marcus Sorensen. And this kid John Leonard is in here, just first game, top six forward, and you kind of you know question that. But um, he looked very strong, and and, and Arizona is not going to be the measuring stick that you know maybe Vegas would be, or yeah, you know we're going to play St. Louis a lot this year. That's going to be a good measuring stick as well. So I don't want to hang too much on just that, but um, it's going to be exciting to see. How this plays out with these with these young guys, and you know how well that they do, um, not just adjusting to the NHL, but adjusting to their roles on this team, being that they're so important. You know, Shelman is going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, Leonard's going to get a lot of minutes. Now we've seen uh, Kanishov again. We got a, I think two games of him last season, and now we have Malosh who weird, made his NHL debut last night. So these guys are going to play a huge role and it's going to be interesting to see how they develop.
0: Yeah. And Malos only had um, just under six minutes of time on ice. So we didn't really get to see a lot of him. Um, He didn't stand out, but we also didn't see him really get burned either. And, you know, for a third line D man, that's all you can really kind of ask, you know, you're not going to expect them to play, you know, incredible, uh, but you want them to play solid. And I think he was able to do that.
1: No, dude, I mean, you look at some of the plays that cost the Sharks goals, and it's, it's, it's Eric Carlson. I mean, it, these are it, – it's Carlson making certain plays. That's like you, you're like wondering, dude, what are you doing? You know, like you, you sink a little bit too low and it opens up a shooting lane or you mess around and screen your own goalie. And, and Eric Carlson made a couple of plays. Um, there was one play in particular where Randy Hahn mentioned he had had two blocks on one play that saved a scoring chance and you know things like that you're going to see Carlson do regularly
0: but yeah him he, and uh, Vlasic combined for uh 10 block shots on the night and yeah, that, Carlson didn't play great by any means but I think you know also a lot of people are focused on the negatives when he did play I wouldn't say he had a great game or a good game but it wasn't you know atrocious you right. know no not
1: at all but I mean, when you're, I think the reason why fans are going to be hard on them is because of the contract. You get 11 yeah. million dollars, you can't be atrocious and you can't even be decent. You have to be good, at least good every game and great most games, or at least some of the games. And, and um, you know, we've seen the greatness of Eric Carlson show itself, you know, a handful of times, but people are going to want to see that every night, and so especially when you're paired with a world-class defenseman like Glassick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, At the same time, though, this is game one after taking a 10-month break from competitive hockey. Right. So uh, we saw a lot of rust um, from the Sharks kind of all around uh, besides, I'd say, Hurdle and Kane. Um, But I still think... uh, I'm not ready to jump on the ship out Eric Carlson train yet just because it's, you know, it's your first game in 10 months, you know? Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm looking forward to, to even better things from this team. I mean, let, let them get that rust off and get into form and start to find themselves. And then if this is, if four goals is the offense, well, three goals in the, in the shootout winner, but if this type of scoring is going to be what the offense is when they're rusty, then can we expect four and five goals when they get their, their stride, uh, when we get Shimmick back healthy to pair him with Burns and you can put Ferraro on that third D pair with whichever young guy is playing better between Kanishoff or Malosh. how is the defense going to look? Are we going to see Jacob Middleton? Can this team really take the start that was a good team win and get better?
0: Yeah. And, well, yeah, like you said, we still have Middleton uh, on the taxi squad or I don't know if you're a scratch in the taxi squad. Uh, for Ford, you know, we still have Nosen. We still have a lot of guys who can play well at the NHL level. Um, so part of, like, the scary thing was last season was we had a bunch of guys fresh out the AHL. Yeah. You know, it was half Sharks, half Barracuda, really. Yeah. And I don't think we have that this season.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the growth and development of Noah Gregor that third line center for San Jose. And, and you know, when you see, we saw a little bit of a glimpse of him last year, he looks like a guy that's got good speed and can shoot it a little bit. So um, if his development becomes as vast as we've seen from other sharks, uh, prospects like Meyer and hurdle and um, even Couture, um, if we see that his development like that, then I think the sharks are a lot deeper than they may look on paper.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gregor's got, you know, he's still young, so he's got some spots to work on his game. He was uh, three for nine, three for 12 on the faceoff circle, which isn't what, great. But um, like you said, he's young. I have a lot of you know, hope for him. Um, I think the Sharks young guys definitely showed flashes of what this team could be in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, then. What do you think And you look at this lineup and you look down the left side, down the middle, down the right side, the back end, the goaltending? Without overreacting to last night's game, what do you think is the strongest part of this Sharks team?
0: Um, I think right now just that second line, how well they performed, how well John Leonard looked in his NH- first NHL game. Um, I think that's something that's really hard to overlook. Uh, I'm really... A lot of us have questions about how why he was already playing at such a you know because a lot of the new sharks guys that we have come in always jump on the third or fourth line right you know it's i can't remember the last time we had someone like leonard who played top six in their debut and he stepped up to that role and he played phenomenal Um, so i think definitely that second line as it is right now uh is our strongest point what about you? What do you think was the strongest point? Also, uh, Martin Jones had a phenomenal, phenomenal night. And, sil- I mean, granted, it's one game. Let's hope this is consistent. Yeah. But having a saving 30, 34 out of 37 is a 0.92 save percentage. And that's the Martin Jones of 2016 that got him that contract. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that, that's something just so awesome to see as a Sharks fan it shows that Nabokov's coaching has really paid off
1: absolutely and that's what I was going to allude to about Jones that the the coaching change and his ability to really get settled in with with of getting Nabokov is tremendous
0: yeah and let's hope it pays off to um Dubnik too I don't know when he's going to get a start I think uh jones starts next game just because of how well he played tonight or last night i should say um but yeah i think you know we saw the work that nabokov has done with jones and granted dubnik hasn't been around the team long enough to you know he hasn't been uh, under nabby's coaching as long as jones has um i think we could get a really strong 1a 1b pairing with our goalies
1: yeah i believe that i do and it's the backup goaltender is one of the more underrated needs for a team to be successful. So having Dubnik, who is a starter-quality goalie, who has been an all-star, and who has been in a, a Vesna discussion, it's, it's huge to have him here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he was—I mean, um, Doug Wilson did a great job offseason with those two trades. Uh, I think Donato and Dubnik are going to be really great for this team.
1: With regard um, to, go ahead. With, with regard to what we saw last night, it's very easy to point to that second line and say that's you know this is the best line on the team. This is the best function of the team. Um, I think the strong suit of this team, and I'm going to say this, and a lot of people disagree, but I think the strong suit of this San Jose team is their ability to get pucks on net from the back end. Brent Burns and Eric Carlson can get the puck there. And the, it, you notice that the first goal Tomas Hurdle scored was a deflection right off the goalie. He was able to, you know, get a, a shot that came to the net. Um, I believe Kane. Yeah, Kane a run with it
0: and uh, Hurdle and finished
1: Hurdle, it. Hurdle finished it off. It, those are the type of goals we're going to see from the Sharks. The Sharks don't have a, a ton of just pure sharpshooters that are going to snipe from Ovi's from office. These are guys that are going to score dirty goals in front. They're going to score goals that, you know, they may not be pretty, that's it's not going to be sexy, but get it however you can. And that's how Kane gets 30 goals a year. That's how Hurdle puts up his 71 points or whatever it was in 2019. You're going to see that from this team, but that's set up by Burns Carlson's ability to get the puck on net um, Mark Edward Blastic's ability to get the puck on net and the ability to stabilize the unit. Um, last night, they, you got a chance to really see the flow of a Bob Bugner defense, where you can see how the forwards jump, or the defensemen jump up and they pinch to make plays for the forwards until so the forwards rotate back, and that allows for Carlson and Burns to use their offensive abilities. A little bit more and I, I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be a huge year for scoring for both of those players
0: yeah like we kind of mentioned it when we were talking last night but that's sort of the position of this hockey yeah. that we didn't really see under uh previous Sharks teams
1: right right absolutely
0: yeah um, so you talked about you know kind of getting goals in front of the net like being physical uh with big guys like Kane like Hurdle uh, for our players that aren't as physical, I'm thinking, you know, Kevin LeBanc, uh, Marcus Sorensen. Uh, how do you think they'll fit in um, to this Sharks team that seems to be more playing a little more aggressive, a little more in front of the net? Uh, I think Sorensen had a really good game last night. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't get any points, but he did kind of show flashes of that old self, that Marcus Sorensen that earned him that nickname. Right. Um, so Sorensen was exciting to see. I think LeBanc kind of had a quiet night. Uh, he only had two shots. He took a penalty, um, which is something that was kind of always been a knock against LeBanc is he's always in the penalty box.
1: Yeah. Um, for LeBanc and Sorensen, I, I would, In other guys, I mean, Donato's not exactly a physical dude getting in front of the net, scoring dirty goals. Um, but for them, it's going to be based on where they're going to be in the lineup. Now, with Couture and Meyer alongside LeBanc, LeBanc's job is going to be significantly easier because, I mean, you got that kind of shooting and that kind of talent, that kind of physical net presence. Timo Meyer's net presence is arguably the best on the team. Um, if you look at... And I don't know if you got a chance to watch Vegas Game 7 again, but Timo Meyer was in front of the net. Oh, yeah, yeah, goals. no, I was talking about, yeah. He was... Flurry was not able to see anything. He put a body on Derek England. He put a body on Shay Theodore. He made those guys move. He opened up shooting lanes and made Logan Couture and Kevin LeBank's job very easy. And the Sharks capitalized. Um, so I do believe that Meyer and Couture and their ability to draw a lot of attention and put bodies on people it's going to make LeBank's job easier. He's going to be able to really just dish off and get some assists. He'll be able to snipe a little bit. I think Kevin LeBanks' shot is very underrated. Um and agreed. And I, I'm biased. Kevin LeBanks' my favorite player. I love the guy to death. Um, but he's definitely very offensively gifted. And I think you'll start to see that because Couture and Meyer will open that up for him. For Sorensen, he's on with Marlowe and Shellman. So I I would need to I would have to believe that he's gonna have to use his speed a lot more. Um and Sorensen's got wheels. Marlowe's got wheels. Um, I actually spoke with, with someone in the, uh, in the Sharks organization that said that they believed that Patrick Marlowe was the Sharks' best skater last year due to the fact that Eric Carlson was injured. Um, and I thought that was something, you know, considering his age. And you know, Yeah. You, you lose a step when you get to be that age. It's not a knock on the guy. It's just father time. But his ability is still there, and that's how he can be still play.
0: And he can still, yeah, he can still keep up with the young guys. Exactly. Now, he's not going to be skating like McDavid, but Marlowe is still an above average skater uh, in the league. Absolutely. So, him and Sorensen
1: will be able to use their speed to create opportunities. Um, and I just think Shellman is really strong at knowing where to be and when to be there. And I think that's what makes him. Um, a pick over Stephen Nason. I think Nason's a more physical player and uh, he, he gets the dirty goals that you like to see from those top two lines. But Shelman is a little bit more intuitive. And I think that's a good combination when you have two guys on your wings with as much speed as Sorensen and Marlowe have. So um, I believe that LeBanc and Sorensen will both find their way in this offense, but in two completely different ways for two guys that just aren't going to be that physical.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and a lot of good points there. Um, for that first line of Meyer, Kucher, uh, LeBanc. Um, Couture had an assist. Uh, I think that was on the power play. Uh, Meyer and LeBanc had no points. Um, I'm not worried about it. Obviously, it's one game. You know, you right. can't expect your top line to score and get points every single night.
1: Right.
0: Um. But when do you, I think, especially because you mentioned how, you know, that second line is going to be way more physical. And especially, you know, Couture and Meyer are both real strong, tough guys. I think when we go longer in the season and we start seeing fatigue kick in for some other teams, uh, I think that's when we'll see that first line really shine.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Plus, you have the depth of
1: being able to plug in Stefan Nason. At any time, and, and um, you got some depth on the back end as well. Because if you have, we have right now Ferraro alongside Burns because Shimick is out. But Shimick's not going to always be out. So when he's back, you have, um, you have options. You have seven, and if you add Middleton, eight defensemen that can play NHL level hockey.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean. It... It's been a while since the Sharks have really, you know, usually we have a seventh defenseman and like the eighth defenseman we have is really not NHL prepared. It's just, you know, it's like a Tim. Heed. you know, he can, he's there cause he can, he's a body, but. Right. And even uh, he's
1: developed a little bit. We've seen his growth.
0: Yeah. I forget what, what is he, what team is he on now? I, I forget.
1: I don't, I thought the Sharks signed him to a one year, but, um, I noticed that he wasn't on the roster, so um, he's gone. Joachim Ryan's in L.A. Um, they didn't re-sign Dalton Prout, which I'm, I was actually pretty glad to hear. I was surprised that they had such interest in the guy. But anyway, um, there's, there's a few guys that were gone. So it was um, surprising to see two fresh faces as your, as your third pairing.
0: And then for the fact that they played so well, too. Yeah. Um, right. So, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Stefan Nason could be plugged in as in that fourth or third line. Do you see the, uh, Bob Bonner making any changes uh, going into tomorrow night's game? Why do you think the lineup stays as it is?
1: I, I, I'd say they keep it the same. I mean, you don't fix what ain't broke. I, the, Agreed. The
0: offense created a lot of
1: chances. Um, we saw a lot of, of, of good looks. The one thing I would be concerned about is how much zone time Arizona was able to sustain um, in certain parts of the game. I think we have to break those. Uh, break, break. You just have to break that when they get to when they start getting comfortable in the offensive zone and getting a lot of passes through and getting shots through. Jones was great and stood on his head, but um, we don't want to put that pressure on them.
0: Yeah, especially that start of the uh, second period. It felt like, you know, those first five minutes were the I'll puck play. was only in uh, front of Jones. We had no, no offense, it was all go. playing. We were playing on our heels. Yeah, and that's,
1: that, that's one thing I, I don't want guys to be burning an entire shift on their heels on the back end. You know what I mean? You want to see those guys get out into open ice and get through the neutral zone and see if they can create some offense. And that's, you know, obviously every hockey team's goal. But um, that's something that I think if the Sharks can keep Arizona and other teams throughout the season from getting comfortable setting up the offense, then I think will be solid because we will get a chance to see these guys and their strong neutral zone play. I think that's one thing the Sharks do well is they get the puck through the neutral zone and they get to the offensive zone. Do they? They don't always get it set up. Um, in fact, they struggle getting it set up at times, but they, they get through the neutral zone. And I think that's such an underrated facet of the game. So, um, I wouldn't change anything if I'm Bob Bugner. uh, keep it all the same for now. We'll see how tonight plays out. And then you just go from there.
0: Yeah. I think it's also, you know, it's re- way too early to make any changes. Um, you know, this is the first game people, the guys have played in 10 months, uh, You don't want to mess up any, you know, they're just starting to build a little chemistry. Uh, So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we should make any changes. Um, The one point I do want to mention about Eric Carlson is that he played half the game. He had 32 minutes of uh, time on ice, he had four minutes on the power play, four minutes shorthanded, and 24 um, even strength. For a guy who's fresh off an injury, Granted, he's, they said he's been fully healed for a while. That concerned me. Um, he didn't have a great game, but he played a tremendous amount of time on the ice. Yeah. Um, the, so he played 34 shifts and had 32 minutes of time on ice. The only ones who came kind of close was Ferraro had 31 shifts, but he played 12 less minutes than... Eric Carlson and Brent Burns had 30 shifts and he played five minutes less than Carlson. Um, So do you think that was because our third D pairing was really inexperienced and uh, Booner just felt like he needed to have um, the best players on the ice at the time? Or um, was that just, you know, what, what do you think? uh, Why, why do you think Carlson played so much time? I'd absolutely agree that
1: that has to do with the
0: youth of
1: the third D pairing. I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on those guys, especially uh, Malosh in his NHL debut. Uh, welcome to the NHL, brother. Here's 20 minutes on the ice. Yeah. You know what I mean? so um, and, and not to say that, some, that just because he's a rookie and it's his first game that he can't handle it. I mean, John Leonard handled his minutes very well. Yeah. But, you know, when you know that you can – when you know that you're putting a lot of pressure on a guy – you want to try to be easy, um, if you can, and I, I think Arizona, you know, not to throw shade at them, but that's a good first game in the NHL for for a kid because you're not going up against an offense that's stacked like Tampa, where yeah, you know, it's just body after body of thirty goals and forty goal scores. If you get to play Toronto your first game, and you're out there against Marner and Matthews and Tavares and Joe Thornton, you know Joe Thornton. Like, Just imagine having to do that as your NHL debut. So I think this was a good opportunity, and I think we'll see a little bit more of Malosh and Kanishov tomorrow afternoon when the Sharks take on Arizona for Game 2. That'll be at 1 p.m. But um, it'll be interesting to see how he works the minutes for Game 2. But I do absolutely believe that Carlson got the bulk of those defensive minutes because of the youth of Malosh and Kanishov.
0: Moving on to my next question, uh, Brent Burns was the, uh, he had, he took two penalties um, last night. Um, is that a sign of concern, or do you think that's just a one-off game? For me, I think, you know, Burns and Carlson both n- need some work on the defensive game, and I think this position, this hockey, we're going to see the Sharks guy hopefully continue to play, is going to help them take that pressure off him. Um, Do you think that's sort of just rust? It's, you know, it's the first game. You know, you're going to take two bad penalties, or is that a sign of concern uh, going forward for Burns? I wouldn't say that it's a a sign of concern. I I didn't like the cross-check.
1: I I was very displeased with the cross-check. Yeah, that was not
0: a good... It
1: just seemed very gratuitous, and it happened right in front of a ref. I mean, Burns is experienced enough to know that that wasn't a necessary play, and I don't know if he was frustrated and that was a frustration penalty, um, when you have a two goal lead, I, I guess you can get away with a frustration penalty, but you don't want to make a habit of that. And so, and again, we don't know what, what that was even about if that was frustration or just a bad penalty. So um, it, it was definitely concerning to see that, but we'll, we'll, I wouldn't overreact to it now. If it becomes a trend and you start seeing Burns take more penalty minutes, then that, that becomes a big concern
0: agreed um i think this is a good place to wrap up uh it was a really exciting to have sharks hockey back It was good to start off the season with a win uh albeit uh very stressful but yeah, yeah. that's sharks that's sharks hockey tried to kill us the first night <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was definitely a, a good welcome back for the fans don't forget who we are um But, no, it was nice to see Jones play really well. It was nice to see John Leonard uh, play phenomenal in his NHL debut. Uh, Kane get three points when there's been a lot of noise off the ice. Um, A lot of people were worried that was going to translate to his play, but he shut that all out. Um, Hurdle with two goals. And, you know, I think the Sharks team is better than they look on paper, and I think there's a lot to be excited about with this team.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Alrighty, Matt. It was a pleasure. Um, I can't wait to do this again. Uh, once again, this is the unnamed uh, first episode of the uh, Our sharks podcast we're going to be doing. Hopefully by the next episode we can find a name. Uh, we're going to have a little Twitter poll. Uh, and hopefully that will decide it. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, dude. I loved it. I, and I can't wait to get some more games under our belts. We have more to talk about.
0: Exactly. And like we said, the next game is uh, tomorrow. You it said tomorrow afternoon?
1: Tomorrow afternoon, 1 p.m. Sharks are going to be in Arizona taking on the Coyotes one more time.
0: Awesome. Well, let's hope we can go 2-0 against them. And it was a pleasure, Matt. Pleasure's all mine, man. Appreciate it. All righty. Take care.